Hey there, listeners. I am Joanne Lee Cornish, your truth bomb dropper in the world of weight loss, body composition, and mastering the art of rocking the body you've always deserved and dreamed of in midlife and beyond. Let's cut through the noise. Society tells us it's downhill from now on. We're told to embrace the middle-aged weight gain, embrace the muscle loss and poor health. If that's your vibe, then cool. But if you're ready to defy the narrative, then I am your gal. This podcast is a no-fluff podcast where we break down the essential truths of body composition, toss around some practical tips, and dissect the latest trends. I'm not here to sugarcoat. I'm here to show you what's not just possible, but downright probable for you. If you enjoy this content, be sure to click the link in the show notes to explore how we can team up and kick mediocrity to the curb. I offer one-on-one coaching, my ever-popular group coaching programs, and my corporate Educate to Elevate program. Okay, let's get on with the podcast. Enjoy. The liver. To understand weight loss, we really have to understand the liver. So what does it do? Well, the things it does, it, it makes bile. We need bile to emulsify the fat in our food. It is involved in metabolism. It creates, it, it, it converts food into a usable form, converts it into a usable form. It is for detoxification. It is for nutrient storage and release. It makes the vitamins D, E, K, and A and B12, and it stores them and releases them as necessary, as needed. It makes cholesterol and it clears excess hormones. So it's a very useful, useful organ. How then, why then is it such a big player when it comes to weight loss? Well, we have to look a little bit deeper on what the liver does. So the liver is a, such a resilient organ and yet we can compromise it by the our lifestyle, um, the foods that we eat, and especially the quality of the foods that we eat. So let me expand on this. So what does the liver do? For one, it actually does gluconeogenesis. So gluconeogenesis is the creation of new glucose. So when we think carbohydrates are so important, but actually they're not, but they're not actually necessary at all. We have essential amino acids, so essential proteins, meaning that these are amino acids that we have to get from food because the body can't make them. We have essential fatty acids, meaning that there are fats that we have to get from food because our body cannot make them. But there is no such thing as an essential sugar because the body can make sugar. It can make glucose and it does that in the liver. That is through gluconeogenesis. So the liver, if it needs glucose, if we haven't got any, it can make glucose and it can make it from non-carbohydrate substrate. So it can take glycogen, it can take amino acids. I mean, if you really want to oversimplify it, it can take amino acids, it can take muscle if need be. It can take those amino acids to the liver where it will convert it into glucose and send that glucose out into the body, out into circulation. Um, for wherever it is needed. So it can turn water into wine. It can turn protein into carbohydrates. Kind of crazy. So if needed, the body can make glucose. So don't worry too much about being too low carb because the body can take care of that for you. The body, sorry, the liver could also store glucose. 
So it stores glucose in the form of glycogen. Do not get confused about this terminology. If I have a if I have water and I put it in the freezer, it is then called ice. Water, ice, the same thing in a different form. Glucose, glycogen, same thing in a different form. The carbohydrates are on your plate. When you eat them, they become blood sugar, blood glucose. When they are stored, they're called glycogen. So glycogen is just the storage form of carbohydrates. And the liver stores glycogen. Now, it doesn't store very much glycogen. It stores about four to 600 calories, depending male, female, the size of you. But not that great. Not, not that great an amount. But this is, a really, it is a really, really important storage site for carbohydrates because this is the only place that these stored carbohydrates can be released into circulation. So we store, we can store carbohydrates in our muscles. We can store um, carbohydrates. A little, there's a little bit in our blood, maybe 150 calories. And we can store a carbohydrate in our liver. Now, I can look up the calculation if you want. It's like four grams per pound or something like that. Um, but on average, let's say a lady stores 1,200 calories worth of glycogen in her muscles. Carbohydrates, maybe a guy storing 1,600, maybe you're storing 2,000. Athletes have the capacity to store more glycogen in the muscles. But let's just, let's just go average here and say a lady stores 1,200 calories of carbohydrate in her muscle. The problem there is if you are low on glucose, if you need um, a little bit of glucose, the muscle is not going to give it up. The muscle does not release glycogen, does not, really, does not convert glycogen back into glucose and release it into circulation. It hoards it. So glycogen in a muscle can only be used by that muscle. When it comes to the glycogen stored in the liver, about four to 600 calories, those that that glycogen can be broken down, reconverted into glucose, and that that glucose can go out into circulation. So we release that sort of glucose in between meals, when we're fasting, in times of stress, uh, when we're sleeping. So when we need glucose and there's none available, we have this little storage site in the liver, and the liver will get will will send that glucose into circulation. The muscle won't do that. So the liver so far, gluconeogenesis, it can actually make glucose for us, crazy. It can store, it is a storage site of glucose in the form of glycogen, which is very useful for when we need it. And also, um, the liver makes fat. Now, this is important. The liver is meant to make fat. It is not meant to store fat. So when you look on your blood work and you see triglycerides, what triglycerides is, is it's the fat that the liver made for you. And so we think, okay, so triglycerides are fat, so they must have come from fat. No, they actually come from sugar. So excess sugar, sugar goes to the liver. If it is in excess, then the liver will convert it into triglycerides. It will, it will convert that excess sugar into three fatty acids. It will attach a glycerol unit. Hey ho, now we have triglycerides. And it will send that triglycerides out into your, um, into your blood and it'll land on your ass. I say that in jest. What I mean is 
the triglycerides their liver makes will end up somewhere in the, on the storage site on your body, probably where you don't want it. So triglycerides are when the liver converts sugar into fat. Now, it gets a little bit more important here because this is, this is where we've got to look at the quality of the food that we eat. Because if it's glucose, so glucose, that, that, that's your um, sweet potato, your rice, it's your, your, your bread, your chips, whatever it is, um, broken down, blood sugar, blood glucose, and only about 20% of that actually goes to the liver. Um, that glucose is it triggers insulin and insulin will transport it. And only about 20% of glucose actually ends up in the liver where the liver has to do something with it. Now, obviously, if you abuse that, it's more, but on average. When it comes to fructose, fructose, 100% of fructose ends up in the liver. Fructose, thought of it as a fruit sugar, but, but it's not fruit that we're worried about. Fructose in the blood does not trigger insulin. So insulin does not transport it out of the blood. So that fructose goes straight to the liver and the liver has to do something with it. Now, if there's an abundance of it, the liver can't keep up. It's not like the liver's going to speed up because we're eating more sugar. The liver just says, all righty, I'll just have to convert this all into fat and send it out to lend on your ass. Again, I jest. When you are reading labels on your food, pay attention Look for fructose. It's in about 80% of our, our, our processed food, 80% of the, the canned and packaged goods on our grocery store shelves. When you see fructose and when you see added sugar on that label, just know that is going directly to the liver. When the liver can't keep up, it will convert it into fat. When the liver really can't keep up, it's, it's trying to convert all this excess sugar into fat. And when it can't keep up, then it starts storing fat. Now, the liver's not meant to do this. The liver is meant to make fat. It is not meant to store fat. When the liver stores fat, we call that ectopic fat, meaning fat where it's not meant to be. And now we have um, fatty liver disease. This is, and I'm quoting a doctor that I saw with my husband, he said, this is the new epidemic. He said, yes, we know about type 2 diabetes. He said, but fatty liver disease is the new uh, epidemic. And because he's seeing it so much in kids, think about it. The kids aren't as active. They're eating a lot of food with added sugars and fructose in it. That's going straight to the liver. Just because they're young, they don't dodge that bullet. In fact, that bullet hits first. It hits earlier. Excess sugar going to the liver. The liver's not being burnt off with. The sugar's not being burnt off with exercise. That sugar's going to the liver. The liver can't keep up. It's making fat, but now it's storing fat. It's not meant to do that. Now we've got fatty liver disease, which used to be, it used to be that it would be just from um, people that drank too much alcohol. So um, people drinking too much alcohol, alcohol to sugar going to the liver. The liver can't keep up. And the liver is now making fat and storing fat. Um, but now, because of the, the quality of the food that a lot of people eat, now we have non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. And again, I'm quoting a, a, a doctor here, but he said, this is the new epidemic. So we have the liver here. It can make sugar. It can store sugar. It can make fat. It can store fat. 
It is not meant to store fat. Okay, so now bear with me here. Um, it's much easier to coach this with my visuals. Definitely come back and do my 21-day signature program for this information. And I think maybe the Mastering with Life, I cover it as well. So, when we have the liver that is storing fat, it's not meant to do that. We've got a lot of inflammation going on. When we have inflammation going on, the liver cells are getting damaged. And that is going to show up in your blood work with AST and ALT. Um, if you look at your blood work, your AST, ALT are high, your triglycerides are high. This is, this is all, all signals that your, your liver's having a problem. It's having a tough time. And right about then, even though the rest of your blood work might look okay, it's, it's a telltale sign weight loss is about to become very, very challenging. Let's think about um, the quality of the food that we eat. When we are eating processed food, processed foods is notoriously high in sugar and low in fiber. It has to be low in fiber because fiber kind of goes rancid and doesn't have a good shelf life. So notoriously low in fiber and notoriously high in sugar. Why is this a problem? And, and again, this is this is all the fake foods out there. This is all the, I don't know, the keto bombs, or some of the protein bars, the, the sugar-free waffles, the keto this, the low-carb this, and just all this packaged nonsense where the macros look great until you look at the labels and you see added sugar and look for fructose and just know all of that is going directly to the liver. When we have processed food, what's happening there is um, the sugar, the high sugar, is feeding the bad bacteria in our gut. It's triggering leaky gut, which I'll save for a separate podcast because that in itself is, is, a, is a pretty big topic. But basically, when you've got leaky gut, you've got undigested food and you've got toxic bacteria that's all getting into the blood supply because your, your small intestinal lining is, is more permeable. But basically, these the, the sugar is creating um, a compromised um, gut lining and there's undigested food, toxic um, toxins and bacteria that are getting into the blood. That's the immune system is, is going to bat for you and that's creating inflammation and that inflammation is going to the liver. The liver now, um, those liver cells are getting damaged. Um, and again, it's going to show up in your blood work. So that's the sugar in the processed food, but then the lack of fiber is also a problem. So if the sugar feeds the bad bacteria, the the um, the fiber feeds the good bacteria, and it also creates like a, almost a lattice work, a framework uh, to protect the the lining of the small intestine. So when you're eating a lot of processed foods, the low fiber, you're not feeding the good bacteria. The sugar is feeding the bad bacteria. You aren't creating this like protective layer for your small intestine. You're getting leaky gut. These um, toxins, undigested food are entering the blood. The body doesn't recognize that. So the immune system goes to bat for you. The immune system goes to try and attack these foreign bodies that are in the blood because they're not, you know, they're not fully digested, creates inflammation. That inflammation is going to the liver. Now we've got inflammation in the liver and you got, you're getting to a point of insulin resistance. 
Insulin resistance, and again, if I haven't done a podcast on this already, I will do maybe two or three of them on this subject. But for the sake of to- for the sake of discussion with the liver, with insulin resistance, you have a lot of insulin in the blood, but the cells don't recognize the insulin. So you have a lot of insulin, and insulin is trying to 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 get the message like, "Hey, take up this sugar." But the cells don't recognize the message. So the cells actually think, oh, there isn't much sugar because they don't hear the message of insulin. So what is happening if the liver is becoming insulin resistant? So if the liver is becoming insulin resistant, the reality is you have a lot of um, sugar in your blood. You have a lot of insulin that's trying to get rid of the sugar out the blood but the liver doesn't recognize that situation at all. It doesn't understand that that's what's going on. In fact, it thinks you're in a low blood sugar state. And what does it do? Well, if it's in the low blood blood sugar state, it's going to actually make more sugar for you. And it's going to make more fat. So now you have a liver because of the insulin resistance that's making more glucose through gluconeogenesis, it's making more new glu- more glucose for you because it thinks you're in a lo- low glucose state. Meanwhile, all this sugar is entering the liver and the liver's having to convert it into fat and store it as fat, creating more and more damage to the liver cells. When this starts happening, good luck losing weight. This is where if you're checking your blood sugar, you'll be in a fasted state and you'll still have high blood sugar. And you'll think, how is that even possible? I'm not eating any carbs. And well, the liver doesn't know that. And it's making the sugar for you. We, We can turn that ship around, insulin resistant. We can turn it around. But it's at this point that people might get their blood work done and their A1C their blood sugar over three months, the three-month average, which is very much an indicator for diabetes, that's normal. Their fasted blood glucose is normal. But if you take a closer look at your blood work and if you know what you're looking for, you'll see the liver's having a bit of trouble here. Your triglycerides are high, your your C-reactive protein, your inflammation markers are high, your AST and ALT, which aren't specific to the liver, but they're indicative of the the liver. Um, They're all getting a little bit high. Your liver's in trouble. It hasn't yet shown up. It hasn't yet pushed you into prediabetes or diabetes, but it is, it is setting the groundwork there. And right there, the frustration sets in. Why aren't I losing weight? I don't know why I'm losing weight. I'm doing everything right. My blood works perfect. No, it isn't. Your liver's in trouble. This is what I see all the time. Now, I've just summarized into, I'm not sure how long I've been talking, but I mean, this is this is several hours of coaching in my in my in my coaching programs, what I want you to know, people get very frustrated when they start to lose weight, especially if they've been in not really a healthy state, they haven't had really good habits for quite a while, and they don't get the 
dramatic they, results they want at the beginning. And I understand it's frustrating and they think my body is broken. Um, why, it works for, why does this diet work for other people and not for me? I must be broken. It must be my hormones. It must be my metabolism. And all the stories start. But what's actually going on is the liver's having a tough time probably been eating poor quality food, sedentary lifestyle, and the liver doesn't under, you're in a place of insulin resistance. You've got a lot of blood sugar going on. You've got a lot of insulin going on, but the liver doesn't see that because it's resistant to the message of insulin. And it, the poor little thing, is making more sugar for you and it's storing fat. It's in a very compromised state. Now we can turn that around, but what happens is, at first, your results are minuscule and it's very frustrating. But if you understand what's happening is what's happening at first is your scale isn't going down, but you're losing liver fat. When you're losing liver fat and it takes, I mean, it takes 22 pounds of subcutaneous fat to compromise your health. So subcutaneous fat is the fat under your skin, the stuff, the rolls of fat, the stuff you can pinch. 22, an extra 22 pounds of that and you, your health has been affected. Uh, visceral fat, the, the fat in the abdominal cavity, dangerous fat, it only takes five pounds of extra fat there for you to be in trouble. But it only takes one third of a pound of liver fat to compromise your health. A third of a pound. So at first, when you start off on a weight loss program and the results are slow, what's happening at first? First is you're losing liver fat. The liver is getting healthier again. When the liver becomes healthier, you lose liver fat. The liver becomes more insulin sensitive. So the liver now recognizes what's going on in the body. Then you will lose weight. Then it will show up on the scale. Understanding this doesn't make it any it doesn't speed, you know, understanding this doesn't make, you know, the results come quicker, but at least understanding this can maybe remove some of the frustration that people have when the scale doesn't move, when they understand, ah, okay, what's happening is basically I'm becoming healthier on the inside to allow me to be healthier on the outside. You know, I think it's a misconception that people think, Oh, well, you know, I've got to lose weight to bring my insulin down. It's like, it's not, it's the other way around. You have to bring insulin down to lose weight. If you've got a fatty liver, which is an epidemic, I mean, they're saying up to 80% of American adults are insulin resistant. So this applies to all of them. Um, we have to get healthy on the inside. Or as I say in my Mastering Midlife program, we have to become unsick. We have to unsick ourselves on the inside and then it will show up on the outside. And this is fundamental to middle age weight loss or weight gain. So when people hit midlife and their body composition changes, and this is multifaceted and I could go on forever about this, and they blame the metabolism and they may blame the hormones and all this stuff. But what has happened is 
the weight loss has got stuck because they've become unhealthy on the inside. Now, it might not be as unhealthy enough to show up in, in um, high A1C, high blood glucose. But if you look closer and if you know what you're looking for, it is there. The answer is there in your blood work. Um, it is there with uh, uh, ladies, if your waist is over like 35 inches, guys, if your waist is over 40 inches, if your waist is at greater than half your height, you're insulin resistant and it's showing up in your triglycerides and it's showing you up in inflammation markers and it's okay because it can all be turned around. But in midlife, what we have to do is unsick ourselves. So a lot of people have by their lifestyle changed and the, the, the food that they're eating and the quality of their food that they're eating, they've compromised um, um, they've compromised their health, not to the point where, where the doctors are saying they're in a diseased state, but they've compromised it enough that the weight loss is stalled. And it's nothing to do really with age. It's just this prolonged environment that's being created. You know, you don't become insulin resistant. Your liver doesn't get into trouble overnight. It takes time. So when we've been in this somewhat, you know, compromised state and years have gone by and decades have gone by and decades have gone by, and then we get to an age where we're like, oh, wow, I need to do something about this. Your body's not going to react straight away because you've got this prolonged environment, this prolonged state that we have to get you out of. Yes, people that are younger, they are more responsive to exercise and diet because they haven't been in this prolonged state. Or have they? Is this what we're going to see with the kids? Is the experience that people are getting in their, you know, 50s, mid 50s, is this going to be showing up in people in their early, sorry, in their yeah early 20s, maybe late 20s? Because, you know, maybe they will have created this environment from being a child. So this, this place where we become like sick, maybe that's going to show up in their late 20s, whereas for most people it shows up in their 50s. We create this environment an inflamed environment impacting the liver, which the, if the liver is compromised, it's going to be a real challenge losing weight. All we have to do is lose the liver fat, get moving, eat quality food, protect the gut, which will reduce inflammation and give the liver a chance to what it, do what it does really well. It breaks down fat. The liver is an incredibly resilient organ. I mean, you can slice a bit off and it regrows, <laughs> you know, but we really do beat the crap out of it sometimes. Protect the liver, protect your gut, protect the liver, do the work, eat high quality foods, get active, get the rest. The weight loss will come, but it might not happen straight away. Hope that helps. Thanks for hanging out with me today. I trust I sparked your interest provided a nugget or two of wisdom, and armed you with something practical for immediate use. If you've got burning questions or specific topics that you'd like me to tackle, check out the show notes for ways to reach out. Until next time, stay curious. If you've enjoyed this content, be sure to click the link in the show notes to explore how we can work together. And please go to www.theshrinkshop.com.